The following is a Podcast 225 production. The movers. The movers. The shakers. The shakers. The people. The people. If it matters to the capital city, the region, and beyond, you'll hear it here. This. This. This is the Clay Young Show. Man, 290 episodes never felt so good. What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to the podcast here at podcast225.com. We are almost at Christmas, then New Year's, and through the grace of God, 2024. I'm looking forward to that. It's just you and me today talking about a couple of things that I got on my mind this week on the show. By the way, if, uh, if you haven't done so, please check out the TV show. The Clay Young Show on WBRZ Plus. It airs on Friday, new time now, 4.30 p.m. on Cox Channel 11, ETEL Channel 2, and then replays on Saturday at 2 and 2.30 p.m. You could check out the show. This week's guests will include a conversation with State Representative Denise Marcel. We're going to talk with John Cuvion, who is a political analyst and pollster, about one of the subjects we're going to get into here today. Also, Charles Masters works with IBM here in Baton Rouge, and we're going to have a conversation about artificial intelligence, the rise of AI across the country. What are some of the pros and cons of us trusting artificial intelligence? That actually also kind of touches on something we're going to get into today on the show. And then we're going to talk with Pastor Brandon Buckley about a community event that's taking place the weekend before Christmas. Going to highlight some stuff they're going to do for kids here in town. So again, the Clay Young Show Friday night or Friday evening now, 4.30 p.m. on WBRZ Plus, re-airing on the weekends at 2 o'clock and 2 p.m. It also runs online at WBRZ.com. Shout out to my friends at WAFB-TV. Last week, we did a live stream that was really the audio for last week's show, talking about Sold on the Bayou, the documentary put together by Darren DeQuano and Rick Porsche. They did an amazing job. I'm not going to lie to y'all. That was tough to get through watching it. It was a tough subject to talk about. It was it just it's crazy to think about how something like that goes on and it's so prevalent across the country and most of us never really talk about it. I mean, really, I don't know the last time I was in a discussion about sex trafficking. If you don't know what I'm talking about, there was a documentary they put together called, as I said, Sold in the Bayou. And it started with a couple of conversations and then grew into this year long work by Rick and Darren, that became what I believe is going to be an award-winning piece of journalism. And it aired a couple of Sundays ago, and you can check it out now at WAFB.com. But I'm going to warn you, it's tough. I talked to a friend of mine about it. I've talked to a couple of friends about it, and they either didn't finish it or had to step away from it a little bit because it's such a heavy, heavy subject. It's just, but it's crazy. Again, There are thousands of children in this country who are subjected to that. And in some cases by their parents. And there are like 800 beds across America. The way we prioritize things always just makes me shake my head. Like, I understand support for other nations who are in peril. I get it. You want to be a good citizen of the earth. And this is these are just my opinions. 
But when we can send billions overseas, but we have people sleeping in the streets, we have veterans who come back from defending the country who can't get mental and physical help, who are homeless in some cases. And it's like, look, sometimes you could do both, but you should do both. You should take care of the children of this country. You should take care of the veterans. We should do more for people who are homeless. And I know there are people who say, well, you know, some people put themselves in that situation. And that's true. Some people do. The bad decisions can land someone there. But at the same time, you know, we don't know people over the seas that we're sending all this money to help. Yet there are people who are here that are actually actually citizens of the country that go without any assistance. Billions are made and lost. But I still think if you're a citizen here, you do deserve a certain amount of attention from the government. I mean, there are people walking the streets of this country with mental illness and issues that end up becoming perpetrators or victims because there's no help for them. I mean, years ago, Louisiana's mental health apparatus was decimated, particularly under the General administration. That was one of the things that Bobby did that just still hasn't hasn't been fixed. And it's the truth. It doesn't matter what party you're in. That's just the truth. And we get into these games about who, you know, where we stand on taxpayer dollars based upon party crap on both sides. But you still got to take care of the main thing. All right. So I got the rundown of things that I want to get into with you today. And I'll start with one thing close to home. The superintendent of schools here in East Baton Rouge Parish was recently in a board meeting where a contract extension was put on the table. And. The contract was not approved. Dr. Narcisse has about six months left on his contract. Dr. Cito Narcisse is our superintendent of schools if you are somewhere else. And, and, and I, in watching it, am confused at the strategy. Okay? I'll tell you what I mean. I understand, and it's, it's, it's business. The man wants to be here. He wants his contract extended. He doesn't want to wait until he gets close to the end of his current contract to extend. He wants to be able to get it done now. So it's off his mind. He can move forward, which I think is sound strategy. What I don't understand and what I don't think is sound strategy is the leap from where he was in the contract to where he was trying to be. Uh, you know, the 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 increase is almost about one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. A year. Which is a large, large jump. And it's four years, which depending on your perspective, you could say, well, that's too long. We don't give superintendents who, who are here that long. But then on the other side, you could make the argument that the guy wants to be here, which is why he wants the length to be as long as that. But I'll tell you, when I saw the, 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 what the amount of the increase was in salary and some compensation, I was like, yeah, that ain't going to fly. We're off the heels of a controversy over buses and bus drivers, really. And then there were some cuts to the budget based upon, I think, a $31 billion budget shortfall. And then coming out of the summer, there were some people who were rubbed the wrong way about him 
having interviewed in another city for another job. Now, I will tell you that did not bother me because if you're in a job and you're not sure about the longevity of the current job and another one that is either similar or better comes along, I mean, who among us wouldn't at least take a look at it, right? You're going to at least take a look at it. I just think this go around adding all of that to the, to the contract, you know, the, the annuity and some of these other details that are, that are in there. It's like, yeah, that's not going to fly here. I just think you read the room, you know how this town works and how people look at things. And there's still some people who are, uh, who are upset about the way things have gone. It just, it just was never going to fly. The other thing is, I think you got to be able to know you got the votes before you take something like that to the school board. You need six votes. You had five, barely at five. And so putting is it's, it's about a 4% increase. It, it had an annual 4% increase each year and raised his base salary to about $310,000, not including some of the other compensation items which would have paid Doc more than the mayor, more than the governor, and the current state superintendent of higher ed. I mean, he took a swing at it. He took a swing at it. It just, I I didn't see it. Now, what happens from here? If I'm him, I go right back to the board with another option. I go right back to him and say, hey, look, okay, I hear you. How about this? If you want to be here. If it doesn't look like he's going to be here and if it doesn't look like the board is going to want to play ball with him, buy the man out. Let him move on. If he's not going to be the one you want, having a contentious six-month process where there are people on the inside of the district don't want to listen to him and there's all this backlash, just go on and rip the Band-Aid off. I will say this too. At these board's meetings... Some, the behavior of some folks who go up there and some of the personal attacks, yeah, that wouldn't be me. I'm not going to sit there and take that. Now, criticism about job performance and people passionately staking their position about how they feel about the job you're doing, hey, that comes with the territory. You, you, when you sign up, you know that's going to be the case because it's a very, very public job. But the personal stuff, people hurling expletives, nah, we're we, we not doing that. Nope, 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 nope. Somebody better tell them to not do that or we all going to have a problem in here. And because there was a board meeting. Some of y'all remember, some of y'all may not. There was a board meeting a few weeks ago that went on like something like seven hours. And it, it was the equivalent of somebody in pro wrestling bashing you with a chair for seven hours. Nah, we're not going to do that. So who knows what's next? My two cents is if there is an intention to keep the man and maybe get a better deal either where he is or something that is more based upon KPI, um, key performance indicators, then do that. If among the board members it's like, no, we don't, I don't think this is going to work, buy the man out, stroke him a check, start a search, and you can have somebody else by August. Because I can guarantee you, he may or may not be in the Google search saying, hmm, who's looking for a soup? So that's first. The second thing 
is about someone that I will admit is a personal friend of mine who has served the people of his parish, who have served the the people of the state and who has served his country, and that is Henry Whitehorn. Henry Whitehorn is a former state police superintendent, which for those outside of that or wondering if you're in someplace else, he's in charge of state police. Also, he's, he was a U.S. Marshal here and a longtime citizen of Caddo Parish. He ran for sheriff in this last election cycle and won his race over Republican John Nicholson by one vote. When I saw that, I was like, yeah, there's going to be a recount. Yeah, there's going to be some chatter. Now, there was a recount. Six more votes were found. And Colonel Whitehorn won again. But you knew this was going to go to the courts, right? So it has. Now, the argument is over whether or not there was an irregularity or something untoward on behalf of somebody trying to working with Henry Whitehorn or associated with his campaign. Here's my personal opinion about this. And again, I preface this by saying just my personal opinion. Well, hold on. Let me, before I do that, uh, courtesy of KSLA in Shreveport, here was a news story just after the appellate court the Circuit Court of Appeals uh, released their findings, and here's what the five-judge panel did. You the first alert to breaking news. The Second Circuit Court of Appeal has made a decision in the Caddo share race. The Second Circuit Court has upheld the decision of the district court to hold a new election for the Caddo Sheriff's race. Of the five panel judge or the five judge panel that heard the case judges Shonda Stone and Marcus Hunter were against holding a new election. This judgment comes after candidate Henry Whitehorn appealed a district court decision calling for a new election. John Nicholson filed the lawsuit after losing by one vote in the November 18th runoff, claiming there were voting irregularities. This case is now expected to elevate to the Louisiana Supreme Court, which both candidates said they would do which is appealed to the Louisiana Supreme Court if necessary. So again, that's courtesy of KSLA in Shreveport. And you heard that it went to the district court and then the court of appeals who upheld the fact that, look, we, there should be another election. Um, Candidate John Nicholson said this after the ruling. Today's ruling confirms that the serious irregularities in the November election cannot be ignored. We look forward to having a new election in March, one where every legal vote will count and all voters have confidence in a fair result. I will continue to make the case that I am the candidate best equipped to make Caddo Parish a safer place to raise our families, own businesses and build stronger communities. Henry Whitehorn's statement goes as follows. I believe in a fair election process and understand that every election has irregularities. The issue is whether these irregularities changed the outcome of the election. And my opponent did not prove any of these alleged irregularities caused him to lose. As noted by one of the appellate judges, quote, Nicholson argues 
the complaint of well, the complaint of irregularities in the election quote could have affected complained I don't get that could have affected the outcome of the election there is no allegation or proof the irregularities in this case were so pervasive uh, um, pervasive in nature who the hell rewrote this statement because it per, per, I'm reading it like it's written y'all so pervasive but I'm changing that in nature as to warrant the nullification of an election further Nicholson has failed to prove uh, but for the irregularities, the outcome of the election would have been different. So he goes on to say, we do know that the two people who voted twice are registered Republicans and both served in the Republican Party leadership at some point. We also know that my opponent waited until after the results were revealed before questioning the integrity of the election because he was willing to accept the alleged irregularities if he had won. Despite today's outcome, I still believe in the people of Caddo Parish. I believe in your one vote, and I will fight all the day, all the way, rather, to the Supreme Court for that one vote. So, as I said, he won by one vote going forward. Now, this is what I was going to say earlier. Henry Whitehorn is a man of impeccable character. I don't know the the other candidate in the race, and I certainly will not cast aspersions on him or say anything negative about him. That ain't that 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 ain't what this is about. Now, Henry Whitehorn is eminently qualified to be the sheriff in any parish slash county in America. But it does show that you better get off your you know what and go vote. Now, whether or not the Supreme Court even hears this is, you know, it's hard to say. Because, I mean, they, they have to decide even if they want to hear it because it's gone through district, it's gone through the appellate. So even if they hear it, what, what are there now? And you get what, the both, what both sides are saying, that there were, you know, Nicholson is saying there was some funny business that really nullifies the fact that this election was done right. And Colonel Whitehorn is saying, look, there are irregularities in every election. And I, I believe that because you're dealing with the human factor. But he's saying these irregularities don't rise to the level of saying we should have another election. And look, had Colonel Whitehorn won by a thousand votes, I don't think we'd be here doing this right now. I don't. But because it was one vote, yeah, you could see that one coming. So let's see what you do, Cato. By the way, John Cuvion and I are going to get into this on the TV show this week. So you'll have a chance to hear his perspective on this as well as we talk about irregularities and whether or not this is something that rises to the level of, of this stuff. And, and you heard from the statements and you can learn more about that stuff online. But it's like, come on, man. I just my my position is this. I don't any questioning of Whitehorn's integrity for me. It's like this guy has, has been nothing but service. I don't believe me. This is Clay speaking for Clay. I don't believe that he would be a part of anything illegal or unethical just to win an election. Because he doesn't need to run for office. He wants to serve. Again, don't know the other guy. I'm just saying I know Henry Whitehorn. And we'll see what happens in Caddo Parish. We'll try to get him on the show at some time 
in the coming uh, coming weeks to talk about this. Let's let's keep talking about politics and let's bring it back local. We talked about the school board elections uh, a, a bit ago, but next year in EBR is a mayor's race. Mayor President Sharon Weston Broom is going to attempt to become the third mayor in recent memory to seek for and win a third term. Now, here in East Baton Rouge Parish, our mayor can run for three consecutive terms. That election is next year. The two most recent mayors to have done it, first, Tom Ed McHugh, and then most recently, Melvin Kip Holden, who was the first African-American mayor in the history of this city and parish, and then Sharon Weston Broom, the first African-American female in the history of this city and parish. So we have what's called a city parish form of government for people listening in other places. It, we, our, our, our county is called a parish. And then there is the city of Baton Rouge. So she's mayor president. She's president of East Baton Rouge Parish. And then mayor of the city of Baton Rouge. We have within East Baton Rouge Parish other cities. City called Baker, city called Zachary, city called Central. Somebody out there saying, yeah, there's going to be a city called St. George. I don't know about that, but, you know, that's a subject for another day. So she's running. I, I was at an event a couple of weeks ago where actually last week where she formally announced her intention to seek a third term. And so Mayor Broom in her time in office has dealt with a lot. She had a very contentious issue with selecting a police chief when she came into office. This was on the heels of her taking office after the shooting of Alton Sterling and the assassination of three police officers and the wounding of others. And then the city was recovering from this flood. Then there was, of course, the pandemic, and we've had a hurricane here. It's just, there's been a lot. But going into next year, really, the question is, who out there is of status enough to challenge Mayor Broom for this office? And there's only one name that people have been talking about. Ted James. Now, Ted has not announced his candidacy. He's a former legislator here in Louisiana. He currently works in the Biden administration. In the small business administration, and he. He is one of the people people are talking about. So uh, <laughs> unwinding a yarn here about it is, is like, I'm not going to do it because he hasn't said he's going to run. Oh, he hasn't officially said he's going to want, he's going to run. But I'm telling you, that will be one drama that plays out in front of us because where's the money going to go? 
Mayor Broom still has this huge infrastructure initiative going on. And a lot of big companies are working with the administration on that. And people talk about crime, crime being up, crimes up across the country. And everybody has a discussion about that. So where will that play? There's a new governor's new governor coming in, new administration coming in. And I think they're going to be in some ways, just my guess, 10 toes down in what happens in the city of Baton Rouge, just like they're going to be in New Orleans. I'm going to be interested in watching that. Now, Mayor Broom is going to do the TV show next week going into Christmas. And one of the things we're going to talk about is her candidacy for a third term and ask her about challengers that are out there hoping to unseat her. And at some point, I'm going to get Ted on the show to talk about the fact that he wants to run for that office. Man, it's going to be something. I've had a number of conversations with people around town and won't uh, (laughs) betray confidences, but there's some people who are lock solid, but there are a lot of people who are conflicted about this. Because in the case of most people, people like both of them. Mayor Broom is someone of of the highest integrity. If you don't know that about her, I'm telling you, she's not going to lie to you. Now, whether you support her or don't support her, that's your choice. And then there's Ted, who's always been an up and comer. And, you know, when Mayor Broom initially ran for office, there was all this talk. In fact, I remember him doing the podcast years ago. And I asked him about it and he was considering it. And he said he on the show, he said, I'm not worried about anybody who's running, if I decide to do it, you know, I'm going to do it. But he didn't do it. So, I don't know, y'all. It's going to be something else. So, how many of y'all out there own a Tesla? You see more and more of them. Did you know, as of this week, Tesla is intending to recall nearly all of their vehicles sold in this country to fix whatever system monitors drivers using the autopilot. From the Associated Press, Tesla is recalling nearly all vehicles sold in the U.S., more than 2 million, to update software and fix a defective system that's supposed to ensure drivers are paying attention when using autopilot. Documents posted this week by U.S. safety regulators say the update will increase warnings and alerts to drivers and even limit the areas where basic versions of autopilot can operate. Y'all have lost your mind. Look, the story goes on to say the recall comes after a two-year investigation by the National Highway uh, Traffic Safety Administration into a series of crashes that happened while the autopilot partially automated driving system was in use. Y'all crazy. There are some people I ain't let drive me around. Let alone sitting in a car. And in some cases, people fall asleep while the car is driving them. Uber Lyft, 
or stay the hell home. And see that that look, that's that's that old man talk coming. Oh, Clay, get with it. Technology, technology. Okay. All right. All this is going to make me do is really pay attention to when and I got friends who own Teslas. I get it. But it's, it's not the Tesla. It's not the car. They're pretty cars, nice cars. It's the fact that you just use the autopilot. Around here in Baton Rouge, you better keep your head on a swivel when you're driving around here. I, I don't know that I'm wondering how a machine could react to stupidity. I mean, there, there are some things that you can say, okay, you can game plan for. How do you game plan for dumb? I saw somebody last week, I kid you not, on the interstate holding a plate like one of those styrofoam uh, food containers in one hand. And this heifer was eating with the other hand, holding the, the wheel with her knee on the interstate. Uh-uh, y'all. Nah. Not me. You know what I did? I slowed down to let her get right on by me because I couldn't speed ahead. I said, no, nah, you go right on ahead because it's going to be whatever you're eating and body parts all over the interstate if you keep that up. Now, how, 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 does a, how does a car account for that? I don't think it can. Anyway. If you got a Tesla, y'all might want to take it in. If you're doing the the auto stuff, call and see where you can go in and check it. So I just, you know what? I'll let it go. On a sad note this week, I was sitting outside by one of my fire pits and enjoying the evening and a fine cigar when across my timeline came the news that the very amazing actor Andre Brower had passed away. He's an, he's an Emmy-winning actor who starred in Homicide and most recently in the television sitcom Brooklyn Nine-Nine. He was only 61 years old. He died on Monday as of the, rec- the recording of this show. And the full title of that was Homicide, Life on the Street. It was based on a book. And everything you would ever see him in, he was so good. His deadpan, no no emotion humor in Brooklyn Nine-Nine for the episodes I watched. He was one of the reasons I watched. He was just, he was hilarious. Only 61 years old. And you know, it got me to thinking, man, how... This year and years gone by, you see people just ending. It's like someone said one time, life, none of us are getting out of it alive. And so really, condolences to his family. There was apparently a brief illness. That's all they said, and that's really all we need to know is not our business. But man, I enjoyed him. I'm very, very, very sorry to hear about his passing. And finally here. It is my great pleasure to announce that the 2023 Heisman Trophy winner is Jaden Daniels from Louisiana State University. That was a very, very great moment last weekend 
And let's face it, y'all, that's the only moment or the only way they could have gone. Jaden Daniels had a spectacular year at LSU. He was clearly the best quarterback, the best player in the country. Now, there's this debate over who was, whose Heisman year was better, his or, or Joe Burrow's. <laughs> I'm going to take some of y'all off. That's what I'm about to say. I think Daniel's year was better. I mean, for a lot of reasons. I mean, he was the offense. Joe Burrow's year was great. I think that's the greatest college football team ever. But I haven't seen anything like Jaden Daniels since Steve Air McNair. Google him, kids. He was a monster. <laughs> Google him. When he was in college at Alcorn, uh, Alcorn State, he was a machine, and you'll see the similarities. But Jaden Daniels, with that frame and size, to come in here when the year started, people were saying, put somebody else in. And to end the year with the numbers he had, congratulations, young man. I'm proud of you. By the way, a piece of trivia, that gray suit he was wearing, my guy built that. Yeah, Pierce Bespoke and Grayson Augustus. Nice job, gentlemen. Congratulations, Jaden. Congratulations, LSU. And thank you all for checking us out. Don't forget, the TV show is airing Friday, 4.30 p.m., WBRZ Plus, and re-airing on Saturday at 2 and 2.30 p.m. on Plus. That's Cox Channel 11, Etel Channel 2. You can also... Check it out online at WBRZ.com, and then the show will be posted on Monday on the YouTube channel. Tell people about the podcast, man. Y'all like and share when you see us talking about it on social media. Hit that subscribe button if you've got an Apple device so you'll know every time we drop some audio. And until next week, you guys, take it easy. Your voice matters. Visit The Clay Young Show at podcast225.com and email The Clay Young Show at clay at podcast225.com. 